What is going on, everybody? This is your host, Matt Rinke, coming to you with another episode of the Sharing the Illumination Wealth podcast. We are here, and this show is designed to help you achieve the greatest return on your entire financial life. And we do this by addressing wealth building from the inside out. This is the convergence of growing your financial intelligence, emotional intelligence, and developing as a person to become the best version and to help you strategically design your life and create enduring financial independence. Now, over the past week or so, we have focused our attention from taxes to real estate. And we're doing this because a lot of people are starting to think about housing, spring cleaning, fixing up homes, doing projects. And this also coincides with taxes. And as we talked about on our last episode of the Sharing the Illumination Wealth podcast, we dove into some of the incredible advantages that the tax code offers real estate investors. Now, the tax code incentivizes real estate investment, but that means real estate investment in a certain way, in a certain approach, not necessarily the traditional approach. And that's what we want to talk to you today about is your investment allocation to real estate. Now, if we take a step back and we think about the the major ways to invest your money, there's a few different approaches and few different asset classes. There are stocks, which most of us have heard of, the stock market. There are bonds, which you can invest, which are more conservative than stocks. It's basically buying and lending money to another institution. You can do this through bond securities. There's also cash, which many people know. It's a money market account. It's their savings account, their checking account. And if you look at Vanguard, which we really respect, every single portfolio that they model on their website is basically stocks, bonds, and cash. That is the portfolio allocation that Vanguard advises on. That's all of their historical model portfolios are stocks, bonds, and cash. Even their target date funds are stocks and bonds. There's no mention of any of the other asset classes that are available to you that go beyond the conventional traditional asset allocation. And so we know of stocks, we know of bonds, we know of cash, but many of the most successful wealth builders do wealth creation differently than their traditional methods. The way that they create wealth is in these other asset classes by direct business ownership, as well as direct real estate ownership. And so when we think about and hear about all of the people on TV talking, about stocks and mutual funds and exchange traded funds. They're doing this for a reason. It's because that is the way that they have found a way to sell a product to you very simply, easily, and effectively. And so these are the asset classes that are available to you. Yet the most successful people in the world that have amassed wealth and created financial independence and financial freedom in many cases have a disproportionate share of their wealth in direct real estate investment as well as 
business ownership. That is how wealth has been created. Now, when we take a step back from the individual investor, which has very little asset allocation to real estate, the reason is pretty clear. Why is that? Well, the conventional models do not call for much of a real estate investment. Even the real estate investment industry is represented in the S&P 500, the stock market. If we look at the total market capitalization of the U.S. stock market, real estate, that REIT industry, the real estate investment trust industry, has a 3% rate weighting of the S&P 500 or the U.S. stock market. However, commercial real estate comprises 13% of our economy. So even on the general at getting yourself exposure to real estate through owning the stock market, it's actually underrepresenting the true reality of real estate in our own economy. So we're missing out. And we're missing out in ways that are pretty significant because real estate over time has been proven to deliver returns that have been equivalent, if not better, than the U.S. stock market and has also done so with lower levels of risk. Now, getting exposure to that asset class is different. We just talked about REITs, which anybody can go and buy just like they would buy a stock or a mutual fund. But in those REITs, are not necessarily the same type of investment as direct real estate, which is actually owning pieces of the underlying properties themselves. A REIT is more like a stock. They correlate and fluctuate and have volatility similar to that of the stock market. But owning direct real estate eliminates much of the volatility. And so you can go and look across many of the traditional investment houses and they don't talk about real estate. They don't really have a way to sell it. They underrepresent it in the indices. It's underrepresented in the indices on its whole and any of the major advisors uh, that manage investment portfolios don't really have it. Vanguard does offer a REIT fund, but it's really nowhere to be found as part of its balance fund, as part of its target date funds. Betterment, which is a robo-advisor, which makes cookie-cutter investment models for people to invest in, does not include real estate. They do not advocate that to be more than the market weight of your portfolio, yet we know that the market weight of real estate is actually understated as a percentage of the global economy. And Wealthfront 2 is another one of these robo-advisors that has attracted lots of money who are very, you know, has a very cookie-cutter allocation. And they go on to say that, you know, even institutions... They downplay it, typically have a small allocation of real estate and consider it to be a challenging asset class. Now, what asset class is not challenging other than cash? Cash is not challenging. Bonds can be challenging because the yield is so low and the return prospects don't keep up with inflation. I know stocks are very challenging for people. 
People have a hard time watching the volatility of the stock market. They can't necessarily stomach it. And real estate, they talk about the excuse of a being a very challenging asset class. Yes, it might be more complex. Yes, it might be more difficult to get allocations to because it's a liquid. But because it might be challenging is also where the opportunity lies. Yale is one of the most well-respected financial managers. They manage billions of dollars in their endowment. Yale maintains an approximate 15% allocation to real estate because real estate has provided stable, consistent returns and done so with less risk and volatility. And many of the largest institutional investors, global institutions, we're not just talking mom and pops, but we're talking other endowments, other pension funds, have steadily increased their allocation to real estate, where it's now over 10% allocation of the portfolio. This is nowhere to be found on most conventional asset allocation models that you will find from any of your financial advisors. Now, we're not saying that those don't work, but we're also saying that we need to be open-minded about what actually does create wealth. And we need to understand for ourselves how it might help to serve us to include this as part of our portfolio. And why should we do that? Because there might be challenges investing in the stock market for people. Some people might not be good seeing their portfolio fluctuate. They have the ability to make immediate bad behavioral choices because of that. So we need to invest in ways that work for ourselves. And other areas where real estate might help is because it provides cash flow when done appropriately. The stock market yield is approximately 2% per year. Real estate is generating cash flow in excess of 5% per year when you're owning core real estate investment properties. So there's the ability for real estate to counterbalance some of the challenges that stocks provide in low yield, as well as the volatility and fluctuations that drive people crazy and drive people to behave badly because of its immediate and instant ability to make emotional changes and emotional decisions to a portfolio. Now, taking this a step further, where we work with many successful investors and their portfolio and net worth is comprised with an extreme allocation to real estate. This is not on our guidance. It's on what has worked for them. And when you look back and you see young people who have grown and amassed financial freedom before the age of 40 has done so with a significant proportion of their net worth in real estate. This is not the 10% allocation. This is not the 5% allocation. This might be an example where there is over 60% of their net worth allocated to real estate. And so why were they able to do that? Because they bucked conventional wisdom. They set up their life in a way that 
they knew they controlled and they built a skill set around. They would not be in the same position they would be in had they just taken their money, saved X percent, and put it into the stock market. They have been able to create multi-millions of dollars of wealth through strategic allocation, planning, and structure in real estate that they treated like a business and have amassed financial independence and financial freedom extremely fast and extremely quickly. And I would argue that they did so without taking much risk. And so we need to step back and we need to look from the inside about what works for us and we need to challenge the outside conventional wisdom because it is not necessarily inappropriate depending upon somebody's goals, risk tolerance, objectives to have a portfolio that is outsized in real estate. Things need to be managed appropriately from liquidity to their taxes to their cash flow to be able to handle eventual hiccups, but that's the same thing in life as well. So I would argue that it's time to challenge conventional wisdom, do due diligence, understand who you are, and perhaps there's a way that allows one to have an allocation to real estate more intelligently than what the traditional financial models would prescribe. And we need to understand why the financial models are prescribed the way they are. It's because they're talking to the average investor. And the average investor is not the person that has created wealth. It's not the person that has amassed significant and accumulated significant savings. The average person has, the average 65 year old has about $150,000 in their retirement accounts. They don't have the ability to make these changes in their life, to invest this way. And so we need to know who we're getting our advice from and what their incentives are. And most of the time, the incentives are because of a product that can be sold and it's the advice is delivered to those that are not you or those that you're not aspiring to be. You do not want to be average if you're listening to this podcast. So your asset allocation may not be what's prescribed and what's advised in all of the typical investment allocation models. So that is what needs to be considered as you build out your overall investment allocation. And so don't be afraid to break the mold, but you need to do the best thing for yourself and you need to have the right investment allocation that helps to improve the quality of your life. Now there's no reason you can still be financially successful without it, but you can still perhaps improve the odds of your success if you develop a strategy that fits for you. We are all about helping to build balance and the financial data shows that real estate has the ability to build wealth 
balance, and reduce risk. So figure out what works best for you and don't be afraid to do to not go with conventional wisdom. And so if you need any of the financial data regarding real estate's performance and investing in direct real estate, I'm happy to share more with you so that you could build your own allocation that works for your life, your risk tolerance, where you are at in terms of needing liquidity, and then consulting with somebody knowledgeable in real estate investing to figure out what works best for you. So now go back and take a look at your portfolio this week and figure out what allocation do you have to real estate? Is it a REIT? Is it direct? What are the other opportunities out there? And then how could you go about investing in real estate in an financially intelligent manner that doesn't jeopardize your overall liquidity that will allow you to help you reach your goals. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this sharing the illumination wealth podcast. I hope it was enlightening and illuminating and continue to provide feedback and have a great rest of your week and live wealthy. Take care.